You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show today. And have you ever asked yourself that infamous question of, who and what am I? What is my life really all about? Well, if you're like me, over the last couple of years, you probably have been asking yourself this more often than not. Well, today I have an amazing guest who's gonna help us get to the bottom of this and give us some of those tips and takeaways that make you feel like you're not completely lost and in one of those tornadoes heading off to Oz where you're going to be dropped in some random place. You're going to actually feel when you are done listening to today's episode, you're going to feel like, you know what? I'm doing okay. Her name is Sophie McLean and she was born in Algeria, educated in Morocco and France. And she's had a professional career in the USA, the UK, so many other places. Sophie has led an eventful life. She has been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, a CEO, and served as the United Nations representative on the Commission on the Status of Women's Hunger Project. She's been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She's lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and in an ashram. As a wisdom teacher, Sophie has spent decades leading transformational seminars to, we're talking, you know, probably upwards now of 100,000 people around the world. And today, she is going to help us identify and understand what's going on with all of us inside and why are we constantly thinking about this infamous question of who and what am I? Sophie, it is incredible to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Hilary, thank you for having me and thank you for this heartfelt introduction. I, I was just listening to it and I felt elevated just listening to you. Thank you very much. Well, when I first met you, I was so taken back by your journey, and I love, I love bringing just these incredible people to my audience. And your journey has been one of you really have focused in on those those big eluding questions of you know who am I, what am I really doing, and life relaunches have gotten in your way too but it's not you have such a great 
attitude about what you've been through. But I'd love to open up this conversation with having you give us a little bit of insight into who really is Sophie. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it is a um, it's it's the question of anyone that is engaged in spirituality because if you are interested in elevating yourself in this freedom and this peacefulness that we all seek as a human, right? You must have come across some mystic, some spiritual masters that would say. I am, yeah, who are you? I am, right? So when people ask me who I am, I now experience that is the right answer. <laughs> but, you know, you do sound a bit strange, right? So I will explain it a little bit. I am, and then whatever comes after the I am, I have total choice in the matter. So I call myself a wisdom teacher. Right? I was not born a wisdom teacher. I became a wisdom teacher six years ago. Before that, I had another title. Right? So you see that I am a wisdom teacher. I'm fully aware that I created that role. I play that role. I like that role. That role inspires me. It's I authentically attempt to fulfill that role, but it's not who I am. I am nothing. Right? <laughs> and in nothing, everything is possible. And so that's when people hear that, but when people hear that, Sophie, I am nothing. I am is such an interesting question that we do, you know, we, we do ask ourselves, right? I am a mom. I am a CEO. I am, I am, I am. But as you're saying, that's not who you really are. Mm -mm. And so mm -mm. explain a little bit more about, about that approach. Well, um, I tell a story to my students, okay? So can I tell that story? Because I love it, stories. <laughs> an image about um, how to try to grasp that context, right? So most human beings believe we have a soul. But I think Deepak Chopra said about 85% of the world population believe we have a soul and nobody talks about it, or not many people do. Anyway, imagine you were in the state, whatever that is, as a soul. So we all there as little souls, right? Whatever souls do, I have no idea, or look like, if they even look like something. And from my experience, the purpose of a soul, the sole purpose is to go back and merge with the divine, the mystery of the divine. Okay, good. So you're this little soul and you are in soul school and you need to go and elevate yourself to merge with the divine. So at one point in your development, they send you to school. If you're really good, if you really, really advanced, you go to that school. You know, it's like the Olympic athlete kind of school. This school is called Earth. So the very advanced souls go back to Earth Right? They go for a while and the game, the school works that way. You get a body, you get a nationality, you get a gender, you get the color of your skin, you get the country you live in, whatever, right? And very, very quickly after you wake up in that body, we call it being born, very quickly, you forget who you really are. 
and literally within two years of your birth. Okay, before you continue. Okay. You forget who you really are. Yeah. Why do we have to forget? Because if you remembered who you were really were, you could not play the game of being human because you would know you could never die, you were not in danger, you're safe, everything is an illusion. So in fact, it will be the garden of Eden here, right? Because we would have fun in our body as a human. We, everybody will love each other. We will all know we all won. So <laughs> there would be no school. You see, they, they, you need to just like, I think the school is designed so that you have to spend all those years, human years, to remember who you really are. Okay, Sophie, <laughs> I, okay, I love where you're going. But for those that are like, whoa, what are we, are you done with the story? Is that the end of the story where we can keep going or do you have yeah, more yeah, to yeah. share? Okay, because yeah. I well, hate to interrupt. Yes, but we can go back to it. Um, but okay. there is then, when you forget, there is something after that, right? But go ahead. Okay. What I love that you said is, you know, people do say, you know, this soul. And I like that Deepak Chopra said 85% of people on this earth believe that they have a soul, that there is this, there's something more, there's something more to us than just who we are right now. In my book, Relaunch, I, I talk about higher self. I talk about get out of your head. The three HQ is get out of your head, into your heart, and get to your higher self because the higher self is your best self. I believe that is where you really do connect to your destiny, your soul. What 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 is your why? Your, your you know that. And so when you said that, that really struck a, uh, a chord with me. Which you said soul purpose merge with the divine. Like it's when everything starts to work. But what I really wanted to tap into, which I loved, was this idea that we come to earth this school everything is basically you know in our conscious mind erased it sounds like from from your your discussion here it's not erased from the subconscious is that correct i i don't i don't work in conscious and subconscious right oh. so it's it's a little bit difficult because those are psychological terms and guess what I am? I've got a degree in psychology. <laughs> so that makes I, I sense that I go there. I, I go there. So I just you're the, well, you're the wisdom teacher. You're the you're the wisdom. You know, you're bringing me more wisdom, which I love. Let, let's use a very simple term. Like you become a sleepwalker. You were awake, and then you become a sleepwalker. You know, sleepwalker can go and open the fridge and feed themselves and all that, but they're not aware. Right. So for me, being unconscious is being conscious because you are consciousness. This is who you really are. But it's being conscious without awareness. Okay. That, yes, being conscious without awareness. So now we're at Earth School and mm -hmm. you mentioned that there's a game involved here. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. The game now, of life. Well, that's a game, right? And I think we must choose to come back, right? I, my whole experience, I've had a lot of uh, mystical experience. I worked with shaman, gurus, the Dalai Lama, and so forth. I've never had a bad experience of the spirituality world, the esoteric world, right? The, the 
uh, yeah, spiritual wellness to call it. So, so we must have chosen to come back. Now, you understand, I know nothing about what I'm talking about. This is just my experience about 35 years, but I'm very conscious. It's a story. I have no proof. I don't even need proof. It's a plausible story, and it has worked with all those people that I have taught and worked with. So... Um, it empowers me, it gives you a lot of freedom, it gives a context for life, and it feeds this impulse that we all have to elevate ourselves. That's what I like about that story. Well, so, and I like, I like what you said, that it is the story you're saying, it's the story that you're seeing, but you're seeing it through the eyes of your journey and then seeing it through the eyes of your clients. You've got a badass story. You've got numerous relaunches that you have done. And I mean, for most of us, you know, we wouldn't go through even one of them. You, somehow you and I are kind of on the same trajectory, you know, whoever the divine is, whatever it is, has decided that we're going to be blessed with a lot of different relaunches that are pretty significant. But I'd love to hear from you about your journey with coming to this point where you now are the official wisdom teacher. Right. Uh, well, I, I um, started, you know, I had gift as a child. I think there is a lot of children that have experience speak to somebody when they're children or that. So I had all that and I still remember this kind of huge being I was speaking to as a very small child and all that, but that was fine. I didn't think I learned too much from it. It was just a great companion. But then when I was 12, I had a very big gift. I was um, in my garden in Casablanca. I will always remember it. And I was watching my parents and my sister and brother sitting down for dinner. And I was at the end of the garden. So it was a moment of stillness. I was just watching them. I don't know why I got still. I don't know, right? And suddenly I had three insights like a download. The first insight was that I was being brought up in a cocoon and that cocoon, all loving and ease and, you know, adventures and sports and all that was not a reflection of the world at all. And that I had to go and find out everything that was happening in the world. The second insight was once I would have had as many experiences as possible, I will finally realize that it was all an illusion. And then the third one was like a, a kind of command saying, okay, and then you have to tell people. So I was 12, I ran to my parents, I told them, all right, all right, I, I, I understand it all now. We live in a cocoon, it's all an illusion, and you have to stop being so significant. And they looked at me <laughs> and I got my nickname the crazy one. We love, but after <laughs> this day, Hillary, my nickname in my family is a crazy one. It's not, they don't call you the wisdom teacher? <laughs> uh -uh. Not in my family, they do not. <laughs> so, okay, this is, this is so interesting because I want to go back to one thing and then, I, and then I'm going to go a little bit deeper into these three areas of what you're doing. But one of the things that you said is that as you know, a child, you had these experiences where you had these, what we have 
you know, deemed invisible friends, right? Yeah. You yeah. had this, it was a companion. Yeah. So invisible friends um, is, is, is something that a lot of children have, right? Mm-hmm. But, but, but Sophie, something happens to us where we stop believing in the invisible friend. Yeah, and yeah that's what we said, we forget. And so I, we're, we're about to take a break. This is so good, so juicy. You do not want to miss this. Everybody, we will be coming back and talking about what really does happen and how you can really get that back, right? We forget, but yet you've had it. And for those that didn't have that invisible friend, don't worry, we'll help you too. So we look forward to having you come back and we will continue this conversation with Sophie when we return. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning back in. I've got Sophie McLean and we are talking all things, who am I? And yeah, we've gone, we've gone deep here, but I do want to go back Sophie, to what we were talking right before the break, which is this concept that, you know, so many of us had that invisible friend and then something happened. Can mm-hmm. you, can you let us know what happens to us? Well, it, it's, it seems to be the design of human being, because as you said, you know, I, I, I'm trained as a philosopher, I have the diplomas and the thing and the that, but I got trained the most in my relationship with people, right? In all culture, all ages, and every single human being from China to Australia, to Germany, to South Africa, to America, to the US, to Canada, every single one of my students between the age of one or two goes through something that doesn't have to be traumatic, by the way, and in that, in that incident, they experience for the first time in their life, the unknown. They, they cross the boundaries of the known. And that gives rise to fear. And you know what we do in, front of, in the face of fear? We protect ourselves. But you cannot be who you really are, which is this soul, this essence, right? This no thing. So nothing doesn't mean, you you must not give a meaning to nothing. It doesn't mean less than something. No thing is the absence of a thing. You cannot, you are not a thing. You are no thing, right? But the moment you protect yourself, then you create yourself as a thing. And you forget you are not a thing. Okay, but you say that this starts with fear. It starts with something that happens when you are really young. But the fear 
in the face of the unknown. And Hilary, if you look at us, even as adults with all of our experience, there is something that gives rise to fear in all of us is uncertainty, right? Is not knowing. If you look at the global systemic crisis that is developing everywhere you look, not knowing what is going to happen, this total uncertainty gives rise to a lot of anxiety and fear. 100%. You look at, you know, what's happening with the pandemic, you look at the financial crises, yeah. you look at, you know, wars, climate control. I mean, there are, there's a lot of things that are hitting us right now that are uncertain. We are, yeah. I believe we're in the uncertain time ever. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine that the little, little one, one or two, a little soul that is getting used to being in a body and just landed on this planet called Earth. Imagine encountering something you do not know. Even if it's not traumatic or whatever, just the fact of not knowing will give rise to the need for protection. Which is absurd when you are in essence a soul, you are everything. Right, because when you are not a thing, then everything is possible. <laughs> that is such an interesting way to think about it. So if I go back to your story mm -hmm. and you're 12 and you have these three insights of mm -hmm. I'm in a cocoon, I have this, you know, number two, I have an experience, this is all an illusion and three, hey, mm -hmm. I need to get on the mountain and start telling people about this. Yeah. What happened? What happened after that? Uh, I forgot about it because I just oh, you forgot about the experience. <laughs> it's not that I forgot. It's just like in the face of being the crazy one and and all the question I was asking, I was a kind of child that was thrown out of school all the time because I questioned my teachers and I, you know, wouldn't accept the statue quo. So I think I managed to survive more my everyday life, but life. And you know, this is why I love the name of your uh, show, because life at, from the age of mm, 14, so I was 12 when I had that gift. So I didn't listen too much. I went through a normal life. And then from the age of 14, every year nearly, life sent me, it's it, something to wake me up. And it took me, until the age of 33 to wake up in spite of all those moments. So I, um, you know, was sent to a boarding school away from my home, which I didn't want to talk to the people in that country. I lost all my hair, didn't wake up. Then 16, 17, I got raped. It was terrible. I didn't tell anyone. I was such a protected kind of girl and all that. It was really shocking, terrible. Didn't tell anyone, didn't wake up. Then I fell madly in love and created a cocoon again. Didn't listen, right? That you must go and find out about experiencing everything. So life came at me again. I lost a child. I got a child, lost a child, couldn't have a child, children anymore. And then a year later, my husband died. I was 28. And it was like, life was saying, are you going to remember the gift you've had? Or you hard-headed woman, what is it going to take? 
So when finally my husband died, I closed shop, right? I said, okay, I got it. I'm doomed. Everybody get out of my way. I'm just going to bury myself in the sand and wait to die, right? But I had four stepchildren and I was accountable to set them up. You know, my husband died in one second. It, it, nothing was... Well, not that you'd ever plan it, but you know what I mean? It was like out of nowhere. And um, so I did what I needed to do. And then one day there was uh, one of those moments. I call it a moment of truth. But that moment of truth relaunched me into the world. So I was uh, by then about uh, 31 year old. I looked at myself in the mirror. I had taken care of my four stepchildren. I had no responsibility, no children. I could, anything I could do, but I didn't have any taste for life whatsoever. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and said, right, you either go and commit suicide or you go back to life. But being a vegetable is not an option. And suicide was never an option for me because I would never do that to the people around me. And I, you know, you know my theory about being at school, so you don't quit school. So I packed a backpack and I stepped in that moment and I went around the world. And I started by going down the Grand Canyon. Then I went to Los Angeles and I went to Tahiti. There was a sailboat in Tahiti. And I, I was like, not planning anything, right? The sailboat sails in. I said to the people on the boat, oh, I always dreamt of sailing around the world. They said, oh, we need a crew member. Meet us in New Zealand. Off I go to New Zealand, I take the boat, we cross the South Pacific, we hit a huge storm, we get shipwrecked on Easter Island. Kevin Costner is making a film on Easter Island. I spend six months with a film crew, follow them to Los Angeles, and there, another of those moments, I meet this man. And in, I think, one hour, he altered my life forever. He took me from the world of being victimized because of all of what happened to me to being the originator of my life. And you know, when you're in the context of a victim and I had enough evidence to win everybody by my side, right? But if you are living in the world of being a victimized, by definition, a victim has no power. And he, in a conversation, and that is a power of language, I shifted from being a victim to being the source of my life. Uh, I, okay. it, it was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm truly, <laughs> I knew part of what you've just shared through the conversations and through reading extensively about you. I am um, so much of what you shared and your continuous relaunches that mm. happened to you. And that as you said, you had evidence mm. that you that 
that these major things, we're not talking about like, you know, life's little things that happened by the time you were, by the time you were 31 years old. Yeah. You had had all of these 28, really. Right? 28. You really yeah, had yeah. all of these massive, like most people would have, you know, one, maybe not even, and you were able to, at that point, doing the whole eat, pray, love, right? Yes. Elizabeth Gilbert going around the world and, you know, trying to, you know, find what is really going on. And you had taken on that, hey, it's, it's not that I'm, you know, my mindset is all on victim, but I got the, I've got the evidence that, that that's just the way it is. You had, yeah. you know, kind of just opened it up to like, what's next? What, what else is going to happen? Because that's just my journey. But this man, yeah, and changed that by really giving you back this concept that you do have the power. You yes. have that power. Can you share more of what, what, what did he offer you at that moment? What did he I, say? I, I, we're all like, wait a second, let's change your trajectory. What did he say? Exactly. I can tell you exactly. But I, I must warn everybody, right? It sounds so simple that people say to me, but it cannot have transformed your life. But if you look, it, there is a depth in simplicity that is actually an indicator that you are aligned with yourself. If it gets complicated, confusing, hard, and complicated, you're in a story, you're in the illusion, right? So I'll tell you exactly what he said. It, it took some resistance on my part, by the way, right? So... He said to me, <laughs> uh, I wanted to strangle him at one point, right? So I, I, oh, and there is one, I must tell one on myself, Hilary. Not only did I consider myself a victim, but on top of that, I used it to dominate. When I didn't want to do something or the conversation was boring or I wanted people's attention on me, I would just get my story out, you know, oh, well. You know, or because I had details, right? My husband died five days after we get married. And, you know, I mean, the whole thing. I know, I know, I know. I tell you, I wrote a book about it. <laughs> okay, so this man listened to all my stories, right? And he said to me, you're not a victim. So that's when I wanted to strangle him, right? I said, what? He's not buying my story. Right. So the, your friends are the one that buy your story. He was definitely not my friend at that point. So he said, for example, your husband, you are not the victim of your husband's death. You need to be the originator of it. <gasps> I thought you meant that I had killed my husband. I, I, I mean, I really, I was hyperventilating by then, right? So he laughed, obviously, he said, that, that's not, it is not what it means to be the originator of something, right? He said, and he explained to me the world of victim and the world of the originator of your life. And I looked, you know, I, I was suffering so much. I was really, in spite of looking, okay, I, I had this... Ugh, despair in me, right? And so I looked, I said, okay, listen, I'm going to see what he's saying. And I looked and there was no victim. You see, I 
fell in love with my husband when I was 20. And he was 48. Right, so I was 28 years younger than my husband. He was older than my father. And he had a heart condition. I knew that there is no victim here. I chose him. I chose him. He was bold. He had yellow teeth. He was a bit deformed in his feet. He was the most extraordinary man I had ever met in my life. And I fell madly enough. And I didn't care about anything other than who I was with him. And I chose him. I played poker and I lost. And in spite of those five years of total despair, I would redo it anytime. Mm, what you just said is so interesting because, you know, I asked the question so many times to my, my guests, you know, would you go back and change it? Would you go back and do anything different? You know, having these silver linings now. Mm. No, I, I wouldn't change anything. And, and, and the other relaunch was, you know, I had the choice after a few years of despair. Am I going to end up an old woman with 20 little dogs because they're the only one that would put up <laughs> because I was such a witch by then, I was so angry? Or am I going to choose to be loving and giving and a useful human being? That That is, you know, when you... Very often when we get into despair, that's when you look authentically at, okay, is your life going to go that way or that way? But I wish we didn't have to wait for despair. You know, there are some people like Hikar Tolle, right? Apparently he was sitting on a bench, desperate, depressed, and he had a download and got enlightened. Okay, that's not my past. I'm going one step after the next. And I think it's so that I can really have compassion for my student because I'm going through the same thing. I don't know. Well, I, first off, I think that, that that is so true. But I also, when you say that, what am I going to choose? When you were talking about all of these things, it really struck a chord with me because um, I, and in, in my book, I wrote about a lot of these, but there has been in the last uh, two plus years, there's been a lot of my own relaunches from losing my mom suddenly to cancer, to then, you know, losing my dog, to moving out of my house of 25 years, moving states, to just losing my dad uh, in the last few weeks. And people, when I, you know, they say, oh my God, you know, how are you even standing? And, you know, kind of like, they look at me with that, ooh, you've really been through a lot. Mm -hmm. And yet, I don't view myself as a victim. I too have grown from a lot of other situations that have happened through my life that at this point, I, I look at it like, how am I going to choose to view this? And Sophie, I remember when I was, um, when my mom was alive, I would call her up and I would say, oh my God, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. And at the point where she would say, wait a second, let me sit. <laughs> I'm ready 
tell me what happened to you today. Oh, and I would say, and, and then I realized it dawned on me that I was the one manifesting these things in my life because I'm sitting here, give me more, give me more so I can call and share my story of like, and that was my story. My identity was, I go through a lot. So I thought I had passed all this and then all of a sudden, you know, life hit me again, the school of life, earth. And I'd love to have you, when we come back from this next break, I would love to ask you as the wisdom teacher, for those right now that are feeling overwhelmed, for those that are feeling like, God, I can't get a break. How do we, how do we move into that choosing? Because it is difficult and I'd love to get your perspective. So when we come back, everybody, yeah, you might be going through a lot of, of, of massive things that are going on in your life and you feel like you can't, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't get a break. When we come back, we're going to hear how to deal with that. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Hey everyone, I am back with Sophie McLean and I just want to I just want to say, wow, we have covered so much ground, but I really want to touch back on what we ended this last segment with, which was life today has a tremendous amount of uncertainties. And for many of us, we do feel like, you know, I can't get a break. Things just keep hitting me. And that's that's personal stuff. Imagine, you know, the global things that are happening that also make us feel like, you know, oh my gosh, uncertainty times a thousand. You mentioned before about what am I going to choose? How do you view what your circumstances are and flip your mindset? I would love to have us go down that path and get your expert advice there. All right. So the context I created for myself is that life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me, right? Whatever happens is for me. So there is two magic questions that I always ask myself. What is there for me to learn? And what is there for me to give up? And it always works for me, right? Because I love learning because I have this impulse to elevate myself to constantly. And what is there to give up? The, the, the path to remembering who you really are is to give up everything that is not you, right? So all opinion, judgment, resentment, doubt, guilt, all that you have to really practice giving up. So that's the first context that I create for myself. So for example, if, if you're listening to us and you are 
a bit overwhelmed either by the systemic crisis that is happening. Maybe you have an existential anxiety, right? Because for the first time, I don't know about you, Hilary, but for the first time I'm going, well, I don't know if we will still be here in 10, 15 years, right? So it's our very own existence that is now uncertain, right? So there is one thing that I, I um, really invite everybody to inquire into is that what is your relationship to the universe? Is your relationship to the universe one that is antagonistic or are you co-creating with the universe? Are you surrendering to the universe, co-creating with the universe, being one with the universe, dancing with the moment in front of you, being in love with reality? Or are you scared, anxious, antagonistic, protecting yourself? If that is, if you're doing the latest, you shall suffer because that's a protection, that's a survival and surviving is not being alive, right? So the, the, I have surrendered to the fact that I don't know where I come from. I don't know where I'm going. I do not know what I call the divine. It is a total mystery. In fact, I know, I know nothing, right? Socrates was the first one that says it. And this willingness to have a beginner's mind is a delight because every moment, it allows me to be in the present moment. I do not know what will happen in five minutes. The past is already gone, so there is no point having stories about it. So being present and dancing with a moment in front of me, knowing that that moment is a consequence of all the previous moments before the beginning of time. So it's not it's And not I have good. to say, I've never, I've never heard it explained that way. And I want to really highlight that dancing. And when you are, and if you've ever watched people dancing, there is this moment where it's not even so much that one person's taking the lead, it's that they're dancing in harmony. They're in symphony. They're, they're doing the dance. They become the dance. And that is so great when you're referring to co-creating with the universe. We push, we push, we push. And a great way to know if you're in this antagonist kind of mm -hmm. mindset or if you truly are co-creating is really looking at what's going on in your life right now and what are you pushing, pushing, pushing that's not working, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know, you should be the, the kind of woman that you should take a hammer. If there was a door closed in front of me, I would take a hammer. I'm quite strong and I would bash the door down it's exhausting it's all force and and it, it it was really tiring now if a door is closed i wait i look for the open door it might take a bit longer but i, I wait and it's much you know my life happens with grace and ease because I co-create with the universe. I said, okay, obviously this is not the way. The door is closed. So let me see where the open door is. So life becomes- Sophie, and, and, and what happens is the flow, right? Yes. And you yes. and I, it's so, it's so true about hitting those door, like, you know, pound, 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 pound. I do the same. And I finally, <laughs> when I finally, 
was aware that it's not getting me any further. It's just exhausting me. <laughs> and I think right now in life, we, we have this hurry, hurry, hurry mentality. It's got to happen right this second. And the universe is nothing, you know, it's in its divine time, right? Mm -hmm. So, so good to have this beginner's mind and to not feel rushed. I want to go back to your three insights at age 12. Hmm. I want to talk about you had this, this insight about this cocoon and that life was not a reflection of what was really going on in the world. Hmm. And then you, you know, the illusion of what really you thought your story was and then sharing it. I know you've been, you know, you've done all these crazy things in life, Mm -hmm. jobs that have taken you into different, you know, areas to allow you to be the wisdom teacher today. But how have you done? How have you done on these three things and any insights you can give us to allow us to kind of go through it a little faster as our wisdom teacher? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I... You know, when I uh, had this conversation with this man, it was called Randy, and it altered my life. At that moment, I shifted to a realm where the only thing that mattered with me, to me, was to contribute what I got to others. It was totally natural. It was not an effort. I wasn't thinking of making it a profession or anything. It was... getting the unity and the oneness of our species, I think, right? It was just too good to keep for me. There was not even an option. So I I, uh, just went back to study for four years and trained myself to lead. And um, so so then I fulfilled on what was ordered when I was 12, you know, which was, and, and I actually knew it by then. I said, oh, that's what they meant. Okay, I shall be a teacher. And you know, if you had asked me that as a teenager, I said the worst profession, the only profession I don't want to be is a teacher. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. <laughs> oh, that yeah. is so funny. And yeah, yet, I haven't stopped teaching since I was 33. Yeah. So um, here it is. Hilary, to answer your question, do whatever you need to do to choose what is. Right? If you want to disappear suffering from your life, you need to choose what is. So if I may, Hilary, right? your dad passed a few weeks ago. Mine passed last year. And um, I can see my sister saying, well, he shouldn't have died. It was too soon. And I should have done that. And I should have given him one last hug. And I should have told him one more time I loved him, right? So instead of being with the pain of the present moment, she was trying to fill the space with stories, even if it was guilt, she was looking for something to be guilty about rather than experiencing the pain. So I brought her back, right? And I said, you do not have to go to make up a story. You can just be with the pain. I'm experiencing the same pain. You have lost your dad physically. Now, if you can be with that pain, then you will have a spiritual connection. Right? Uh, so and you, that, it, what, I, what you said, what you said was so relevant that we sit here 
And instead of being present, which I have tried to do, and I got back from Africa a couple of days ago. So I've really, I had the, I had a chance to be, to just understand that there is this connection with my mom. It was tougher. Mm. It's tougher because I, you know, I did initially go through that, like this shouldn't have happened. And and I don't I haven't shared the real story about what happened to have her you know get the the cancer it was colon cancer and but you know I can pass that so as we as we wrap up there are people right now saying how do I get in touch with Sophie how can I keep this conversation how can I figure out that infamous question of who am I with a little with the I've got team. very good news, Hilary. I've got a very good news for July and August. I have designed a self-guided course that is normally about four hundred dollars, and for the two months of summer, it's thirty-five dollars. You have fourteen sessions of recording with me, with a manual, with um, I mean, there is everything in this course. I've put my heart and soul in that course, and you can actually follow that course and get to the point where you have an experience of who you are. So that's one thing. Otherwise, just go to my website. It's called sophiemclean.com. And you'll see all the courses or the video or the interviews, my book, you know, you can just play around in the website and see what you well thank you for being so generous and thank you for again if you're listening in these summer months awesome if you're not it still is an amazing opportunity to hear what you have you've got a book out and you are writing another book right now which i am super excited to read when it comes out i can't thank you enough sophie for being here today for allowing us to go there for allowing us to go to these topics that we all are thinking but sometimes it's just like whoa that's just too much so thank you again and as we wrap this up everyone you know we're bringing you these conversations so that they spark something within you in those things that haven't been readily available or pushed down let them come up ponder what we have talked about reach out to sophie you know follow her and i am so excited to continue my journey as well and it is a journey i'm at life's you know earth school with all of you and i'm I, you know i'm damn excited to be here with all of you too especially you sophie so thank you everyone for listening in today i'm excited to come back to you next week with additional conversations that are going to get you thinking so again remember live now love now relaunch now you've just heard another episode of the relaunch podcast if something shared in this episode resonated with you please head over to itunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility and remember You can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at 
therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.